You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it's day one. It's Monday, day one of the free agency tampering period. And, um, you know, as usual, the doors opened with a flurry of signings, which begs the question, when exactly does the tampering period start? Cranky Fan, how are you doing? How you doing, Grump? I am in beautiful Palm Springs, Florida. I'm looking out at my pool. Uh, was in L.A. over the weekend, saw the Knicks play Clippers and the Lakers, so that was a lot of fun. But now it's time to talk about, like you said, the tampering period and the next phase of the 55 phases of the NFL season as we are finally starting to rebuild this roster towards 2023. And it's very exciting. Um, you know, If you're looking for firework signings, this is probably not going to be the day or the year to get them, but these are signings that we've made that are going to make this roster deeper and overall better. So I'm ready to jump in and see who we got. Well, I'll hit you with this. It, we're, I'm looking at the timestamp here. We're at one minute and 11 seconds in. I'm going to open up with a go fuck yourself. Uh, I'm sitting, you may be looking at a pool in sunny Florida or whatever, California, wherever you are. Wow. Uh, we Look, have a, <laughs> uh, we have an emergency alert right now or whatever um, oh. state of emergency. In the New York, New Jersey area. I don't know why. 78 degrees, uh, about 10% humidity. Uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. I'll yeah. be working by the pool all week, Grump. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you're lucky so, you're without, outside of arm's reach. Um, oh, great. <laughs> so the Giants were not super – Well, okay, let's start with this. Before we get into the move by move, um, we'll ju- I'll just do a quick runoff of what we know the Giants have done as of 9 p.m., Monday night, March 13th, um, they signed defensive tackle Rakeem Nunez-Roches, here in after known as Nacho. Um, they signed inside linebacker Bobby Okereke, and then they re-signed running back Matt Breda, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, long snapper Casey Kreider, punter Jamie Gillen, and offensive lineman reservist Wyatt Davis. Cranky fan, after a day one like that, how do you feel? How was that for a day one? Uh, you know, fine. I think the problem with a lot of giant fans and a lot of NFL fans is they expect, they think the free agency in the NFL is like free agency in the NBA. When at the stroke of midnight, Kevin Durant is talking to the Nets and making his decision where he's going. And that's not really the way it works. Um, I would say judge this class when we're done with free agency and see if all the needs are met. How did we handle the cap for this year and going forward? Um, you know, I, I think people were getting a little crazy, you know, they're like, oh, I thought that, uh, Joe Shane was going to be shopping at the, uh, you know, at the expensive stores. Why are we bargain, you know, dumpster diving? And, you know, that's not the way it works. I, I think, you know, moves for depth. And we'll talk about like guys like Nacho are just as important in building this roster as getting stars. So, so far, so good. You know, this is the, the first day of the process and, uh, you know, let's see what happens in the rest of this week and the rest of the free agency period. And that will help us get a better sense of what we need to do in the draft. 
Well, I'm going to say this. I, I, I think... I think maybe I've been poor longer than most Giants fans. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. But what they did last year, what Joe Shane did in free agency and throughout the entire season, what he was able to manipulate through free agency, that was the lowest. That was shopping out of the dumpster behind Walmart. That's Mm -hmm. what that was. This year, they're clearance shopping a little bit with like maybe there's a Christmas present or two at retail value. That's kind of where they're at now. That is an upgrade, and that's where that because they, because we're, Giants fans might be forgetting the two bigger names that were already signed to this team. They were bigger names in NFL free agency generally. Were Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? That already happened. So right. keep that in mind that that was part of their purchasing. Um, mm-hmm. Just because they're not new names to the Giants does not mean that they were somehow not part it's, of that larger spending. It's like recruiting, where if you only sign two guys on signing day, that doesn't mean you had a disappointing draft class. It's a signing class. It's like, I signed three five-stars in January. So just because you signed them in January doesn't make them any more important if you signed them on signing day. It's you know getting guys and looking at the totality of everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think like just because today is that specific day, like you mark it on your car- calendar, it's not Christmas Day. It's not a holiday where things only happen on this day. Uh, it's Hanukkah, baby. Yeah, I was going to say it's closer to Hanukkah, right? Like yeah. the, the Giants already did some stuff. They have more days to do even more stuff. There are several waves to free agency. This is day one, and I understand that this roster has big holes and – to be to be fair to Giants fans, I'll say this much. Joe Shane said quotes that led them to believe there would be some splash signings. And B, there were rumors, and I, I, I don't think they were rumors. I think they were legit talks happening that were being reported on by beat writers that were linking the Giants to bigger name guys. There were reports that they were going to Beckham's workout. There were reports that they were connected to TJ Edwards. These are significant things that will get Giants fans' hopes up. So when they see TJ Edwards going somewhere else, I don't want to say it's fair to get upset, but it's understandable to be wondering. But again, has to remain in that context of every rumor you hear, everything. That's all part of the larger, there are 32 teams in the NFL, you know. Well, that's why shopping is not a good analogy when it comes to free agency. You know, it's not like Joe Shane going to the wide receiver store looking on the shelf and saying, oh, that wide receiver looks good. I'm going to take that. What Free agency is about the player and where the it's player... A, it's an auction. What, exactly. It's where he ultimately wants to end up signing for. You know, he's trying to maximize his value. He is trying to get draw interest so teams will compete against themselves to raise their bids. You know, it's up to them. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, they make the decision where they ultimately want to play at. So... If you look at it as like we're going shopping, you're going to be disappointed because you can't always get what you want. And sometimes you get what you need, as a uh, famous singer once said. How's that guy still alive? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Drugs, man. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go through these one by one uh, before we start let's repeating ourselves here. I'm going to start sure. with uh, Rakeem Nunez Roches. Like I said, he will here and now, here and after for this show, he will be Nacho. Uh, Nacho. I love I love that nickname for him. It's easier to say. Um, quick, quick side, quick sidebar. Um, hmm. My one of my best friends in high school. His name was Neil, and we took a Spanish class together. And there is no Spanish name for Neil, so his Spanish name was Nacho. So Neil, if you're out there, 
Welcome, welcome to the Just Giants family, Nacho. Congratulations. Um, uh, so he signs himself to a three-year, $12 million deal with $7.5 million guaranteed. Side note, the details that we know about everything I'm going, every person that we're going to go through today are murky. We know some details, not all of them. Mm-hmm. So when I, I kind you of broke... Ballparky. Yeah. Ballpark. I broke each signing down into three things, right? The traits of the player the system and how they will be used in it as best I can tell and the deal. So the system and the deal that's going to remain kind of in flux, you know, as we see them actually being utilized in the system, I can only guess. And the deal, we can only kind of, we can only talk about what we do know. I'm not going to speculate anything about deals because I'm not a big cap guy, but, but three years, $12 million is fine. Um, I believe what we heard that the one rumor is that it's really more of a two-year deal, that there's a team out, a team option after two years. Um, this looks okay to me. The last deal that he signed was worth about $2.5 million per year. This is essentially $4 million per year. Um, this is a good player. This is a solid rotational player. He is not going to overtake Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence on the defensive line, but this is a team that sucked against the run last year, and they got worse when guys got hurt. So this is a player that's going to play against the run. I think he moves really well. I think he's athletic for his size. I think he's really quick off the ball. I think he's got active <laughs> hands, and I think he's a very good run defender. He's good at setting his hands up and then manipulating and moving the blocker to enter the gap and make the tackle. I think I think that's where he's... Good. And and where he'll work in this system will be rotational. Last year, a big headline was how week after week Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence were playing something like 98% of defensive snaps. That shit just can't happen, especially when you're paying him that much money. I mean, like, the risk to losing them is bad. And we got lucky that, you know, for the most part, both guys are pretty healthy this year. I mean, Leonard Williams was down for a little bit, but... We got lucky. You know, if one of those guys is out for eight weeks or ten weeks or something, you know, what did we have behind him? And I, I also look at this deal besides the the rotational depth is, you know, Leonard Williams. Are we sure he's going to be here in year three of this contract? I mean, we there's talks that they may extend him. They may you know make other moves and stuff, but there's no guarantee he's going to be on this roster in 2020. I guess 2025. So if he isn't. You know, at least we have, you know, we have him in here as part of that depth that we'd be building. I would. I, so I agree with that. I think that they are going. My guess here is that they're going to continue trying to extend Leonard Williams for a year or two years. Just something small to add on to the and mm-hmm. the, and lower that cap hit because he is tremendous. I forget what it is. Something uh, like 32 million it's, or something like that. I think that's enormous. still going to happen. But if it doesn't happen, they now have this cushion. So if he is here and he's still playing up to that standard, they can exercise the team option. Let nacho walk and retain leo or they can do the opposite and if and if the extension doesn't get work out then correct he will not be here during years two and years three of nacho's contract so i think this is a tremendous it it, this is a solid rotational move that is not it's not I, i guess it's depth but it's not like buried depth this is like he's gonna have a rotational role on this team he will get snaps game after game correct i agree um, so Nacho is one of those guys where if you asked me about him as a starter, I would say 
not a great signing. In this role and for this money, I think this is a very solid signing. We're not, we're not, there's no thought he's being brought in to be a starter. I mean, again, that scenario I laid out with Leonard Williams, this is an insurance planning case. And believe me, if they're going to know if they're not going to, if they're going to eventually cut Leonard Williams or, or whatever, and they will probably draft for his replacement. But you have this guy at least as a bridge until, you know, that, you know, a legitimate, you know, heir apparent to, to Leonard Williams comes out. But again, we're talking two years down the line. We're not talking about 2023. Yeah. And I, and I, honestly, I think this is a better depth person than Nick Williams was. I think this is a better depth person than any of the de- defensive tackles that we had last year behind our starting two. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would agree for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly getting a lot more money. That, but <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that was kind of the thing. We had no money for positions of need. And this is, you know, rotational defensive lineman was a position of need. It's not as splashy as wide receiver or cornerback, but it's something we needed. We can't have those guys like you referred to playing 98% of the time. By the time you get to the playoffs, they're going to be dead, um, literally or figuratively. So for the bang for the buck they're getting, I think is a pretty decent deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're essentially signing the same... They're, they're filling the same hole that they did last year with Nick Williams, but they have more money to do it, so they got a better guy. And I think he's yeah. going to be better against the run than Nick Williams, worse against the pass, but I don't think that's going to be as big of a problem. You know, if you have those two guys on the edges and we're assuming we'll have better linebackers this year, that's not as big of a deal in my book. Yeah, agreed. And, I, and obviously they're not done yet, right? No, um, of course. There's oh, still the draft. They're still right. whatever. So... Day one, guys. Day one. Um, the next one is the guy I think we're going to probably spend the most time talking about, maybe. Um, inside linebacker Bobby Okereke came from Indianapolis Colts. He signed a whopping four-year, $40 million contract with reportedly $22 million guaranteed. Now, before we get into that actual money, let me just give you a quick rundown of the player himself. He's 6'1", 239 pounds. Importantly, 34 and a half inch arms. That is remarkable for an inside linebacker. Um, I think that he shows, and here's how remarkable it is. If he were in this draft class, he would have the second longest arms in the linebacker class to somebody who has 35 inch arms, which I forget who it is. So that is, when I say that's remarkable, I I really do mean that those are long arms for the position. Um, I think he's athletic. Though I do think his hips are maybe a little tight. I, I don't know. He looks a little awkward flipping his hips completely around. But he shows really good instincts. I think he has a really good ability to understand what he's seeing and trigger quickly. Um, I think as far as pass coverage goes, he has excellent route recognition, especially anything over the middle. I think he has a really good understanding of when he's seeing a screen in front of him as well. Um it looked like he played a lot more zone than man in Indianapolis system. I think that's going to change in this system. I like him more for what he's going to do in wing system where that arm length comes into play. That means that's that's extra arm length for pass coverage to break up passes, to jump into route, you know, zone areas. Um, but I think it also helps him a lot in blitzing. I think that's going to, he's going to be able to bend edges if they want to send him off the edge, if they want to send him up the middle. He's able to get that separation to get bodies out of his chest. I think he's going to create a lot more havoc than Micah McFadden, 
then Darian Beaver, then Blake Martinez was able to to create. I like him. I like this fit a lot. The money, though, this is a lot more money than I thought he would command on the open market. I didn't even connect him that's, as a player to the team. So that's that's not dumpster diving. That's some spending some. Uh, that's H and M money you're spending at least. Um, is correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the guy who had that kind of late hit on Daniel Jones at the end of a touchdown run in that game last year? Uh, I, borderline dirty. I don't know about at the end of a touchdown run. I yeah. know he, he did have, he did, well, to, to answer your question, he did have an unnecessary roughness late hit on a play where Daniel Jones was sliding, was not a touchdown, but that like it, it. it was yeah. one of those things that where I would say, I understand why it was flagged. Uh, I was probably calling for it. I was definitely calling for it in the stands that game. I was pissed <laughs> drunk. Was I not? Um, pissed drunk. <laughs> but it was one of those things where it was like he was running full speed. Daniel Jones slid. It was shoulder to shoulder. It wasn't, it wasn't dirty in That's where he was. hit, but it was timing wise. And it's one of those things where it's like you can't blame the defender, but you also have to call it. That's kind of how I view it. I think you can find clips of it on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not going to kill the guy for it. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, it was that guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not branding him, but, you know, seeing a guy like him who's you know, playing hard in a game where that that Indianapolis team had basically quit. Man, that you know, we 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 commented in that game like this team isn't come to play today. And you know, maybe he can give like a little fire to this defense also. Like we we need some kind of guys who will play the echo of the whistle. So you know, that might be kind of a harbinger of what he might pr- provide to us also. Yeah, all, all that that fire that he got from uh, Coach Jeff Saturday. <laughs> you think he's getting what he what you'd consider a coaching upgrade going to uh, <laughs> Wink Martindale and Brian Dable? <laughs> yeah, I would I would say just that maybe one or two notches up the coaching tree, yeah. I'm being a little mean to Jeff Saturday. Um when really hey. it's, is it is it Jim Ursay that's the shithead here? Of course, I mean, <laughs> if you are, you know, if, if I'm the football grump and all of a sudden a, a owner of an NFL team said, do you want to be the head coach? Are you the shithead for taking it? No. <laughs> I guess not. Or he's just, just a shithead. I don't know. But no, you take the job. So it's not his fault that he was offered something that was 17 levels above his pay grade. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, look, I, I, like, I like this player for this system. I think that his athleticism and his experience in coverage is already a huge upgrade over what we had. I think his ability to blitz and recognize things and crash downwards, uh, we d- the system change in that respect, I think it's a little bit of guesswork on my part, but I like the fit. I like what I think he can do. I, I, I feel like maybe... Um, mentioning the arm length a million times is probably overkill on a trait that's interesting and effective. But like, I don't well, know that it's it, going to be like, oh, this is the reason he's amazing, or you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, he'll, he'll be a fit in the system. I'm sure Wink had input into, you know, the types of guys that he wanted, and probably had him on his list of guys he'd like to go after. So, again, I don't think this is a situation where he. Wink will be presented a linebacker that does not have the skill set for what he's trying to run. So just the fact that he's, you know, proceed to be a better system fit will make him better anyway. Um, I think 
Giants fans got really excited about the possibility of TJ Edwards coming from Philadelphia here. Uh, that was something I was not aware that was being reported until we were on the uh, Two Giants Goofballs podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We and, were, were throwing his name out. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, my eyes sparkled when I heard that there was a report there. I mean, I thought for a couple of years now, TJ Edwards was an underappreciated member of that Eagles defense. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I I think some Eagles fans are a little out on him. They kind of saw him a little bit as a Blake Martinez or, you know, a guy who made a lot of tackles, but they were always kind of seven, eight yards downfield. To me, Mm. I viewed that as Jonathan Gadden's a bad defensive coordinator. Eagle fans might be a little salty right now too about everything. So, you know, if we came back and, you know, if he was coming back with them this year, you know, and it was August, they'd probably have a different opinion too. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they would be stoked to find out that the Eagles retained him. Instead, yeah. he went to Chicago for like $8 billion, million, some Dr. Evil money. Chicago was spending, man. Um, but They're you know, spending, and in, in, yeah, they have a lot of draft picks too, so. Yeah, yeah, including yeah. first overall, Not which anymore. they just traded away to Carolina for a boatload. Right, that's what I'm saying. They have all these draft picks, and they have, you know, they're spending like drunken sailors. So, you know. Which, I'm, I'm going off on a thing here about the other linebackers and free agency that they didn't grab and whatever. But before sure. we do that, I know you said this maybe a week ago. Jesus. Oh, man. My brain is just fried. It might be a week or maybe two weeks ago you said this. But I was like, I think you're crazy. Well, that wouldn't be surprising. But go ahead. I think you might be right. I am going to go out on a limb and say Carolina traded up for Anthony Richardson, not C.J. Stroud. I definitely think they did. You think you definitely think they did? I definitely think they traded up for Anthony Richardson. C.J. Stroud, you know, he's a nice quarterback, but he's not someone you're basically mortgaging the future on. On that, you're not doubling down on the bet for him as your first overall pick by trading away, you know, serious serious assets going forward. You, if you're doubling down, you are really going for that lottery ticket. And I think that, uh, you know, an organization, you know, obviously it's several front offices removed, but from having Cam Newton and, mm-hmm. you know, they, it's part of that team's DNA to have a guy like him who they can build an offense around. Again, all the players, you know, the, the head coaching staff, they're all different from back when Cam was there, but, you know, I could definitely see it. So I would, you know, At this point, I would almost be shocked if they didn't draft him. Tom Coughlin, um, Ernie Accorsi, Jerry Reese, Mark Ross, none of those guys were here when the Giants selected Daniel Jones, who the big criticism was, was a clone of Eli Manning. So Mm -hmm. don't don't take what you just said for granted about him being a Cam Newton lookalike. I mean, if you... It was pretty amazing. They they showed the tail of the tape, and they had um, AR's stats alongside of um, Cam's, and they were. He don't go by AR anymore. <laughs> uh, that's right. He is no longer AR fifteen. He has changed his um, his. Uh, probably a good thing he did that, but but like his like you know height, weight, you know mm. all those all all the measurables. You know, not like you know his broad jump. It was all off the charts, but like his physical attributes are basically Cam Newton, which, you know, looking at the two in person, I always thought Cam was a little taller and just a little bigger overall, but apparently, you know, tape don't lie. So yeah, that's what you're getting with him. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I, I think you might be onto something with that. We'll uh, we'll we'll see how that goes from now. We have a we have a month and a half until the draft. So, mm. um, and I think they also said they're not uh, ruling out trading out of that first spot. That to me was the the tell that they were kind of like, ah, we like Anthony Richardson, but like for the right price, we would move down a spot and get C.J. Stroud. That's kind of what that hey, sounded hey. like to me. You know, Sonny Weaver Jr., he traded up for the number one spot, and then he traded down again, too. So there is precedent for this. There is precedent yeah, yeah. for that. That's um, true. We'll just have to see what the men- the breakfast menu is on draft day. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, though, to be serious, if you are a team that basically needs everything, and that's what Chicago pretty much does, wheeling and dealing, on if, if you are not 100% convinced that AR, you know, you have that risk tolerance for him, and no one out there really just wows you. You trade down a spot or two and keep getting more and more assets. You can change, you know, you can build a contender very fast in this league on the cheap. So, you know, it's just going to be, I think personally, what their, uh, what their headspace is for AR if they are convinced themselves that he is going to be their guy. Um, interestingly, uh, well, let me stick with the inside linebackers for right now because the other guys that, that Giants fans mentioned – uh, I, you know, a lot of people mentioned if it's not TJ Edwards, maybe it'll be Buffalo's Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be Cincinnati's Jermaine Pratt. Maybe it'll be Tennessee's David Long. All those guys went somewhere else. I forget where Tremaine Edmonds le- went, but I think he left Buffalo, right? And for like a ton yeah. of money. Let me ask you a question. Cause you talk about all these guys who didn't choose the giants. They chose somewhere else. If you're a free agent right now, are the giants an attractive team to go to? Um, I mean, for as far as, you know, success last year, but, you know, window for the next two to three years to win, money available to sign, just overall outlook. I mean, do you – is it a question of none of these guys signed with the Giants because that's not a franchise that's looking bright or it's just – they all just pick different guys. Like, yeah, how do you? It's how, money. How do you view the Giants? Yeah. Yeah. How do I view the Giants? Them? I view them as an organization that is on the upswing – uh, that has a young, new front office and a young, new head coach. They have found success with very little, and now they have money to grow. I think, I think players probably that are young would like to sign a multi-year deal here because they see this as a window that is opening, not a window that's closing. Um, you know, if you sign for three years and the window is still open and you're playing well there's a good chance that they'll re-sign you for a year or two during that window if you're playing well. So even if if the window, you know what I mean? Like even if the mm-hmm. you don't last as long as the window, there's still a better chance you'll stay there versus a team that has a window closing that's going all in. You know, you're more likely to be dumped than or, otherwise, right? Or after those three years, you are playing well enough to add to the success of this team, you are more marketable somewhere else. So if, if, if the Giants can't re-sign you, you have a higher value somewhere else because you played well in a good system too. So, right, you can and, and leverage you can leverage this team for your own personal benefit, even if it's not with the Giants. Sure, and obviously the Giants aren't a team on the downswing or on a complete like like Chicago is a. I mean, sure, there's Justin Fields, and maybe there's like a thing that's going to open up very quickly there, but maybe not. I mean, you didn't really see Justin Fields as a passer. I don't year. look at. I don't look at Chicago at all as a team on the up and coming. No, me either. I view them as a complete rebuild, which is, I would say, unless it's the money that they're willing to give you, which, uh, you know, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. Tremaine Edmonds, he didn't go there. He went to – no, he did. 
He, he went to it. Chicago. He did, uh, yes. Uh, for $72 million. Those are 72 million good reasons to go to Chicago. That, that's a very smart not, decision. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Jermaine Pratt remained with, with Cincinnati. That makes sense to me. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. playoff team. You still have Joe Burrow on that rookie deal, I think, right? They still do, yes. Um, David Long left Tennessee and went, I think, to Indy. I forget. But I wasn't big on David Long. I didn't really care about that one. I, I like Bobby Okereke so, before that. So none of these guys, at least, you know, we didn't get them. At least none of them went to a division rival. At least they all went somewhere else that we don't have to worry about them sure. in division. Speaking of division rival, we mentioned Philly losing TJ Edwards that I viewed as a guy that was underappreciated. They also lost defensive tackle Javon Hargrave to, ugh, went to San Francisco. Holy crap. That team's just never not going to be good, are they? Yeah, Cranky Wife is... Uh, She's in the other room right now, and she's still uh, looking at where the Super Bowl is next year and, and planning her for her flight. So yeah, yeah. Me, me they're too, just man. a a very solid, a very solid, well-run organization that doesn't. Uh, although Jimmy G is no longer a 49er today. No, he's a Raider. You saw that, right? He's, not, he's now going. To, he's going to Vegas. That's correct. Reunited with Josh uh, McDaniels. That's right. Do you think that's weird? That's not weird, I guess. Right. Well. Well, I'll say this. I don't think it's an upgrade over David Carr or Derek Carr. Uh, Well, you know, certainly he's not as uh, reliable in the health department. That's for sure. Oh, God, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for a guy that was, you know, destined to be a backup, you know, and to still be able to make 20-something million a year, good for him. Yes, uh, definitely. Good for him. Um, The rest (laughs) of the Giants moves today – involved only former Giants players. So this will be shorter discussions for all of them. But I think the the first two are probably the most interesting. Running back Matt Breda returning for one year, $2.4 million. I love this. How do you feel? I do too. I do too. Uh, now that we have some more clarity that um, you know, Saquon will be back next year, um, you know, we just kind of continue these two roles. You know, If Saquon wasn't going to be back or there was going to be some real question, you know, He's not the answer. He's not. He's not your starting running back. But to have him in the role that he did to spell Saquon, I'm perfectly good with it. So here's my thing with this. Um, I think it's important when you have the quarterback that you like that your backup is able to run the offense the same way he can, as best you can. Obviously, there's going to be a massive drop off in talent, probably like no other position in football. But what you have is Daniel Jones, who is a runner and thrower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I think Terod Taylor is a similar skill set player that can run the same offense that the Giants run to a scaled back mm-hmm. degree, in the yep. absence of Daniel Jones. And I think if the motor and the the the, locom- the locomotion to your offense is going to be Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley first, then it is imperative that you do the same thing with Saquon Barkley, especially given his injury history. You have 100%. Matt Breda, who is a cheap. Running back, $2.4 million is half a mil- slightly slightly less than a million dollars more than the vet minimum for him. Um, that has a similar skill set, can run the offense. My big thing here is if you want Barkley to be the engine here, then what you need to do is spell him more often. I would yep. like to see more Matt Breda per game. Now, granted, I think... You can say that the Giants were only in like one score games all year last year. Yeah, so that, that was going to be my counter that hopefully this team is better. 
Right. And, you know, it, we're not fighting, playing dogfights every single game where, you know, every yard, every snap, every down is critical. So, you know, maybe it'd be nice to have like a, a 12 point lead, you know, more games like sure. the, uh, um, that the Colts game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but even games like, like that Texans game where, you know, 12 point lead early fourth quarter, but, you know, maybe we're not taking our foot off the gas like we did as much in that game, you know, so yeah, but those are times you want to have a series. You want to have greater run, and maybe those less yardage on on Saquon helps in January. I, I've said this before when we were talking about the contract negotiations, but I think you get more out of Daniel Jones when you have Saquon Barkley in the backfield. I think you get more out of Saquon Barkley when you have Daniel Jones snapping the ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you get more out of Saquon Barkley when he doesn't have to play every single snap. I think yeah. that you that it, it, if you want Barkley to be the engine here, you need a Robin to his Batman. And I think Matt Breda is a good – I thought that was a good signing last year. I was mm-hmm. upset that they didn't use him more, but like we already went over, uh, I guess it kind of makes sense. I would like to see more of him this year. Like you said, I hope that we have more of a lead and that makes more sense going forward. I love this move. I think this is a smart move. I really didn't think they were going to do it, but I'm glad they did. I was hoping they would. Well- well, again, it's between the ears also. It's a guy that knows his role in the team for being on it last year. And knows and, the, the offense and, already. And accepts his role because he resigned to stay here. He doesn't have any grand illusions of what his career should be. He doesn't think he can go somewhere else and start. He knows that this is his role in this league. So the fact that he, he took you know that money to stay here means he's accepting. He knows Saquon's going to be ahead of him this year. He knows he's going to get X amount of care. For game, so you know it's the biggest thing. You can't have fifty-three superstars on your roster with superstar egos. And for the role of backup running back, you need a guy who knows he's a backup running back, and that's what he is. Giants re-signing Sterling Shepard after his fiftieth ACL tear. Now let's let, let me just go through this. It's one year worth up to one point three million dollars. It is one point one six five million with a 152000 per game roster bonus per Albert Breer. That is to say it is a vet minimum deal with incentives that involve him being available that escalate it just slightly above vet minimum. Given that, how do you feel? Assuming he's healthy or 90% healthy, he's what? Our, as of right now, our... Second best receiver on this roster? <laughs> yeah, yes. I think so. Behind Isaiah Hodgins, right? Or, uh, or behind right. Wandale yeah. Robinson. I, I was going to say, I was asking you the questions. I was going to put him either second or third. Um, you know, Hoskins to me, Hoskins, I want to see it again to believe it. You know, great story, played well in the second half of the year, but, you know, let's see more of it to make me believe he's the second best guy on this team. I have Wandale right now first on based on potential, but. We're picking nits for a little bit, second or third. Second or third receiver you're getting right now for basically the vet minimum seems like a pretty prudent deal, even if it doesn't pan out. I mean, if he gets hurt again or Father Time catches up with him, it's not like we've invested major, major cash on the guy. And a lot of it's incentive-based anyway. So I, I think we're early enough in the process that you, you, know, you take a flyer and you see what happens with him. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Right, right off the bat, he's he's probably the second best receiver we have. 
um, if he's available. Obvious veteran presence, reliable receiver. Like he knows what he's doing out there as a veteran. Like I, I don't think you'll ever see Sterling Shepard running the wrong route or not knowing mm-hmm. what, what the play is or doing anything stupid like that. Or dropping a pass he should he should be catching. Yeah, I mean, it's really just not his M.O. He's a polished route runner on top of it. He might be probably the second best route runner or maybe maybe the best would, route runner on the team right now. I would say I would say for route running, he's the best. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. He knows sure. the system already, and I think that he has flexibility in the system. I think he can play in the slot, and I think he can play outside as well. Well, never mind even knowing the system. He has been with Daniel Jones since Daniel Jones' rookie year. Correct. So, so he knows Daniel Jones better than anybody on this offense, right? There's nobody else in the offense who's been around that long? David Sills. <laughs> which so which I make that, that joke because he barely played in actual games, but the two of them, David Sills and Daniel Jones, work out like every summer. Okay, I was going to ask that because I was going to say, you know, even when you're doing like camp, you know, it's – One's playing ones, you know, ones versus twos and stuff. How often is Daniel Jones actually throwing to a David Sills? But if they're doing I, I'm kidding. workouts, I, I, I like, I, I, I what I yeah, said was true, but I, like that actually did happen. Like every summer, the two of them throw passes. It's always reported on, but like, I, I was, I was being a little tongue in cheek about it. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: people don't know this when we do the show. Is that I think you can see me, but I can't see you. Yeah, I know. So you know, I can't see that big lump in your. Uh, in your cheek with it, with you know, <laughs> tongue tongue injected there. So, <laughs> um, the fact we're still even talking about David Sills is just I know. it's crazy. He's he's still on the team. They signed him to a reserves future deal. I mean, I'd rather have Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, and Nash at this point than him. <laughs> um, less flashy move. I'm not even going to talk about Wyatt Davis because he's like a whatever reserve guy. Um, the mm-hmm. only thing that's weird about that is that they waited till today to do anything about that. Uh, which might be connected to Nick Gates, which we'll talk about in a second. But first, long snapper Casey Kreider. We don't really know anything about the deal other than I think it's a one-year deal. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, you never hear his name. That's like the best thing you can say about That's... a long snapper. Absolutely. <laughs> um, punter Jamie Gillen returning for two years for $4 million. Um, this one, I don't know if it's because it was like the first thing we heard today. Or because people didn't really like him for, I would say, legitimate reasons to 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 not like him as a punter last year. There was issues. I, would you say legitimate reasons or just a little much of a, kind of a whipping boy, like over the top? Like he was all right. He wasn't a guy just like you know Shank City once or twice a game where I'm just like Jesus, get this guy out of here. I think I the, he was... the Giants have had worse punters since Jeff Fegels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think he, I think he's better than Riley Dixon. Mm-hmm. I think he's certainly better than Matt Dodge. I would say big deal. He's not as good as Steve Weatherford. You know. Yeah, but I mean, again, so, it's so here's where... here's what I see with him. All right, and, and I'm not going to super defend this. Like I love Jamie Gillen. I don't really care one way or another if he was resigned or not. Um, he's a 26 year old kid. He's got a big leg. He's left footed, which. I think does something to the trajectory, the trajectory or the spin of the ball. I'm not really sure. And per reports, the Giants were happy with his development throughout the year. So if you want to take examples of him being subpar from earlier in the year, I would go ahead and just throw them in the garbage if it didn't continue throughout the year. I don't have a huge problem with this. I could see if they moved on from him. I could see if they kept him. I just don't really give a shit about punters. The biggest thing here is... 
all three specialists are returning. You know something? The, the specialists are one thing, but if they don't have good punt coverage and punt all that stuff, it doesn't matter who your punter is. So that has to improve regardless of who the punter actually is. Last two things before we get out of here. Um, the Giants are losing Nick Gates. Nick Gates got a big deal to go to Washington. I think three years worth, um, I'm not sure how much money. But nevertheless, sad to see him go. An understandable move. Good for him. Seriously, good for him. I I thought he was going to miss out on getting a big contract because of the horrible, horrible injury that he, he had. Um, but it looks like he's getting... Um, a deal to go with Washington, a division rival that stinks, but otherwise good for him. I'm happy for him. I, I am too. I mean, this is a very violent, dangerous game, and he had a devastating injury. And to get the opportunity for not really even showing that much on the field to get a, a contract that he is, you have to go for it. Um, you know, I know a lot of Giant fans are upset. I know he's a favorite of you know the us you know fans of uh, Talking Giants that our whole little infrastructure there, but I, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't at all think he's a traitor and he ends up for going to Washington. Um, maybe it's just because of my old age or just my, you know, being, you know, weathered and battered as I'm getting older. But, you know, I, to me, guys move on and, you know, I, I don't shed tears for when guys leave, you know, it's just, this is, Football players to me come more and more like chess pieces. And, you know, yeah, I'm happy. I thought he was a great giant. I thought he was a a fan favorite, a, a gritty guy, came back from a major injury. But, you know, honestly, Grump, would you pay that money to keep him? Nah, I, I think the, the money that was offered to him, which I, I can't seem to look it up in the in the spur of the moment right now. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where... I would want to spend the money for somebody that doesn't have a severe injury in their history. Yeah, Personally, for this team, I don't think they're, I don't think they have the money to throw around on somebody that might be have his career end. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. We're not talking Sterling Shepard money to bring him back after no. a major injury. We're talking, you know, money that can impact other moves that we're going to make, both in the financial and also a roster spot in an important roster position of need. So. Um, you know, as much as I love the guy and, you know, we all love Miss Giant fans, priority one is winning a championship mm-hmm. and, you know, we have to let him go. Yeah. He's just one of those guys, him and Sterling Shepard, I think are guys that it's easy to say once a giant, only a giant or always a giant kind of thing. It's just that, uh, it's fine mm-hmm. that he moved on. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a bit of a stretch, but I wouldn't be shocked if he retired as a giant. I just wouldn't. I could. I could 100% see that. I, I could see him as one of those guys where, you know, uh, guys are always hanging around the team. You know, sure. Like, you know, oh, or, or working you know, for the team. Exactly. You know, sideline reporter or the guy like when they bring out the, the veterans, you know, at, at the 50-yard line. You know, here's Nick Gates introducing Staff Sergeant <laughs> O'Slarity or something. Like that type of role. An, an ambassador to the Giants. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could also see that not happening. But I could see him also being like – at FanFest, he would be like a celebrity signing. Like they have like George yeah, yeah. Martin, they'll roll him out or Ahmad oh, Bradshaw. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Last player I'm going to mention um, before we, we head out of here, Pitt cornerback Cam Sutton signed with Detroit. That was somebody I had targeted as a corner that could definitely mm. make an impact with this team, uh, certainly upgrade a cornerback two spot. 
uh, a gritty man cover corner. It looks like they prioritize spending the money at inside linebacker. And I'm fine with that. I'm not – me personally, I'm not big on year one corners in the draft. But I'm not a GM, and I was not hired to run the Giants, so my opinion is worth dick. Uh, Joe Shane <laughs> is um, the man in charge, and I think that's the direction they're going to go. I think they're going to get their their corner in the draft, and I think he's going to play this year. So – Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. There's still plenty of time. I mean, Fabian Moreau was a post week one signing, I think, last year. So, yeah, we again. The the good thing about this show is you're going to get this on Tuesday morning in your feed. We're going to talk about week one, a day a day one signings. Unfortunately, you're not going to hear about what happened in day two, day three, day four until next week's show. So, that could be a nice little tease for next week. But you know, the the picture is very much incomplete at this point. So. We're not giving grades out how we did the first day. We're none of that silliness. Um, we just hope that we, you know, the money we have to spend is used wisely in positions of need, so we don't have to worry and you know, rely on you know first-year guys in the draft or you know undrafted free agents to start. Barring any big news, big free agency signings, or you know something along those lines, any kind of emergency news, the next episode will be next Tuesday morning and will be the wide receiver position review that we had planned for tonight, which got scrapped within an hour of recording this. So, um, Grant, at, yeah. The only thing I ask and I hope over this next seven days is we don't kick off next week's wide receiver episode talking about the signing of Odell Beckham. Please do not happen. I, I, I beg of you, Joe Shane. I beg of you, Maris. I beg of you, football gods. I just do not want him on my team. That's all. That will all be part of that wide receiver episode if and when it happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if by the time we do the wide receiver episode, he's already signed somewhere else, it may become a moot point. So whatever. By the, t- by the time we do the episode, he might be signed somewhere, got hurt, <laughs> gotten in trouble with the league. So a lot could happen in seven days. All right. So that will be next Tuesday on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, etc., Spotify, anywhere where there is podcast there is just giants of course on twitter at football underscore grump at the cranky fan at just giants pod we'll see you next week until then go giants go giants, go giants.